What's up, y'all? Yo, it's your boy T. Till. Welcome to Conversations of the Heart. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the men in mental health with my brother Demetrius, and he's on right now. So I'm just going to tap him in and get this thing going. Yes, sir. Yes. There he is. <laughs> my my guy. What's going on, What's bro? going on, man? Hey, <laughs> oh, man. No, nah, man. Uh, first off, man, I appreciate you doing this, man. Um, I know we've, we've been playing phone tag, you know what I mean, the last couple of weeks, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I'm glad to connect with you, man, and I'm, I appreciate you doing this, man. Thank you. For real. Hey, we here appreciate now, it, man. man. We here right now. <laughs> Definitely, man. Appreciate you. So, to introduce you to, to my followers, um, you have a laundry list of accomplishments. You know what I'm saying? You are a brand consultant, a content, a producer. You're the founder of Soul House. Is that how you pronounce it? Soul House, right? Soul House, absolutely. Perfect. Um, you're a partner with, with um, TED, TEDx. You're a STEM advisor, philanthropist, host. You know, so you've got a lot of great things going. And you're also a global mo motivational speaker. So you've got a lot of things going, brother. You know what I'm saying? So for my people who don't know you, you know, just who is Demetrius Glover? Absolutely. So Demetrius Glover, I, well, I hail from Chicago, uh, coming from Shout Chicago. Down. Yes, sir. I'm on the, uh, the East Coast now. That's where me and you got a chance mm -hmm. to connect out here. Um, being from Chicago and growing up, uh, I guess I'll give you the backstory and, and just tell you a little bit mm -hmm. about uh, why Soul House was started and, and where I am currently and the journey. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, briefly, uh, growing up with from Chicago, growing up with uh, anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, and suicidal thoughts, and just like uh, when it came to mental health, no real outlet. You know, of course, I had um, a a therapist who didn't look like me, could not connect with me, and it was it was no outlet, no no community that I could you know go to. It was more so I just felt like I had to man up. So uh, throughout. I would say uh, my journey and then going into college, they they actually prescribed me and, and um, before prescribing me, um, diagnosed me with ADHD and um, anxiety as well. And so at that point, mm -hmm. they gave me, you know, these pharmaceutical uh, medications and everything. And so uh, they didn't they, they helped at first, but uh, just down the line, you know, uh, just stopped stopped working. And so I was always trying to find purpose. And so uh, mm -hmm. I know we're talking about mental health, and that's why I want to kick off with something a little bit heavier. So um, mm -hmm. just could not find purpose, you know, in life at all. I uh, didn't want to be here. I thought God made a mistake. You know, he made me. And so um, mm -hmm. about six years into utilizing these medications, I realized I'm like, okay, this is it's hindering me more so than it's actually helping my, my cause at this point. And uh, my body was just breaking down. My mindset was just horrible at the time. And so I started pivoting and so i started um taking a real look at what is holistic what's a holistic approach look like for myself mm -hmm. and i started meditating started going to the gym you know a little more regularly and mm -hmm. eating a little bit better and at that point it was like that was that that breath of fresh air i had been waiting for mm -hmm. and so uh went out and did so that's the tedx that you, you're talking about went out and did a ted talk and which, get, oh, which was ahead. amazing by the right way, on. my man, thank Why you, thank you. And the goal was just to be as honest as possible, man, because I knew it would be somebody else out there, you know, going through the same stuff uh, that I was going through as well. And so uh, at that point, I realized, okay, how do I transition this into 
affecting and influencing uh, a bigger culture, you know, young adults and how do I make mental health accessible for young adults to be able to get to where I am uh, prior to uh, the years it took me to get there. And so uh, Soul House is born just out of that in a way that it gives you two components and I always call it the gummy bear. Uh, it gives you something mm -hmm. that tastes really good and it's something you're mm -hmm. very familiar with, i.e. music, meditation, and it pairs it with something, uh, music, I would say music, things you're used to music and live entertainment. And it pairs it with something that's really good for you that you may mm -hmm. never have uh, heard or tried before, which is meditation and yoga. And so, uh, yeah, Soul House, man, we do pop-up events live and in person. But the real goal is to give men, give women uh, a way in order to center themselves uh, with a holistic approach. Wow, wow. That's super amazing, man. So how many events do you do per month and are they just and are they um just within the united states are they just local like where you have them yeah man so um they were they were all in the united states uh prior to covid mm -hmm. and so we uh we started yeah, out we kicked off uh, our mission in indiana so and then from indiana we started with uh connecticut uh started moving around with companies in new york um but then covid hit and so uh, COVID, actually, the crazy thing is, is that it allowed mm -hmm. for a bigger, a global platform. And so I was able to have uh, bands from Romania, uh, dancers from Delhi to hop on, and we went on Zoom. And so it really did give a greater scope to anybody who was following us. It gave that wow. out-of-the-box uh, approach to it. And so uh, prayers to the families of the people who are affected by COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. Yet when it comes to what we were able to do, um, it definitely was a, a, a positive uh, time for us. Right. And you were able to make an impact to a lot of people who are going yeah. through things uh, with, like, like with COVID and people who lost, you know, jobs and people who lost family members and going through a lot of depression uh, and things like that. You were able to bring, you know, some, some type of peace and joy um, and an outlet to those people. So, I, I mean, again, this is amazing and salute to you. Now, is this a nonprofit or is this a just a, a a business model it's actually a for-profit company uh and okay. we have a lot of a lot of other things that we'll implement um we didn't go to the nonprofit route just because uh when you go that route you're really hanging on for fundraisers and yes. when, when you realize like if you didn't start a nonprofit uh before a, a rolling into another nonprofit, uh that right. can take two years in order to get the mm -hmm. capital you need in order to to go and so uh, mm -hmm. now nah, we started off as a for-profit with a, a social initiative. Okay, dope. And how can people, you know, support the cause? Um, it, it, is it show up by ticket sponsors? Like how can people support if, if they want to support the business? Absolutely. So uh, we do uh, online. If you follow us on Instagram at the soul house, mm -hmm. that's at T H E S O L H A U S. Uh, if you follow mm -hmm. us on uh, social media, we actually do, Instagram lives with artists. So what we'll do is we'll uh, have the artist play uh, music. We'll have a comedian do his thing, you know, her thing. Uh, and then we'll sit back and interview and talk about, you know, uh, just mental health within the industry. And um, so people can follow us there. We got the website, the mm -hmm. soul house, uh, dot com. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, you know, we they can purchase tickets if they're in, in town close to Stanford. They can come out to our live mm -hmm. events. But yeah, mm -hmm. man, all support is definitely welcome. Dope. Um, so here's what I'm going to do too. So for people, so, you know, I'm not in Connecticut or in, in, anywhere like that. So if there's anybody that you personally know 
let's just say, you know, you got a youngster or somebody or just anybody who would like to attend your concert but can't afford it, you know, just let me know. And and I'll support and I'll sponsor them to uh, to go. Oh, man. Cause I, that's you. Yeah, because I believe that um, these are things that's these are the type of the things that's outside of the box, especially within our community, mm-hmm. that's needed. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so many people say, oh, like, you know, I can't afford to go, so I'm, I'm just going to miss out on the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you got sometimes you just got to pay it forward, man. So, like, you know, if you know somebody who just wants to go or who needs it or who mm-hmm. can benefit from it, um, then you could just hit me, you know what I'm saying, and I'll sponsor that, that person. And, you know, hopefully we'll do more stuff like that and collaborate like that as well, bro. So that's huge, man. One thing I want to say before we move on is that um, right now, the, the one of the main goals is to get into these schools, um, these high schools. And, you know, they have the everything is on Zoom nowadays or online platform. Mm-hmm. But to get these students, you know, away, you know, even if it's a daily opening meditation, it's something about it being live that makes a difference as opposed to them having to go on and just, you know, go in and pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, between schools and uh, different conferences in the area, we're doing a lot of partnerships that round. So if you mm-hmm. or anybody that follow, that's following right now um, has any connections with conferences coming up or any schools, college, universities, we'd love to partner with them as well. So I, I have a friend who um, she's an ed- she is an educator and she she really is for small businesses to become New York city vendors mm-hmm. for, for, uh, for schools. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a simple ap- application to get into the schools. So mm-hmm. that, so that, that right there is a huge network, obviously. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if man. you could become a New York city vendor, Boom. um, and then you could be right in there with a, a lot of their programs and, and, and things like that to get your way into the New York city school system. So, um, I'll get that link from her. Mm-hmm. offline and then i'll shoot it to you right on man mm-hmm. and before we pivot man i just want to say man congratulations to you and shout out to you I've, I've got a chance to uh witness uh you've been putting in work you know uh with, with conversations <laughs> uh conversations that are hard and uh it's just yeah. it it plays a huge role like if we don't start these conversations a lot of times you know people will uh pass the mm-hmm. buck you know you you did just yeah. the opposite you know you definitely accepted the challenge and Given what's mm-hmm. going on in today's world, man, all I can say is hats off to you, man. You, you're doing a phenomenal job. I appreciate that, bro. You know, it, it's it's funny. I didn't set out to do this, you know. Um, I really set out to, you know, finish writing this book and doing some other things and some other projects. And off of one conversation I had off a of live uh, with the brother and me and him was talking about mental health and, and things like that. And it went for like mm-hmm. an hour and a half and the feedback I got was like, we need more of these types of conversations. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? I said, you know what? I said, well, maybe, maybe I'll do something. And then, sure. then this came up, you know, and then it's, it's been amazing. And we're like, what, 23 or 24 episodes in yeah. um, with, with people who want to actually come and just strategize and, and pour themselves out to the people. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? The great people like yourself who's doing amazing things, man. So I appreciate that, bro. Thank you. Right on, right on. Shut up to Trice Range. She's in the building. So um so let's talk about mental health, bro. Um yeah. especially men. The men in, in mental health. It, um I've always felt like women have been on the game, you know, from, from an early age of, you know, self improvement, uh, personal development, right? Um they they've been taught from an early age about expression, communicating, letting out your feelings and all those things and 
And I felt like men were always done a disservice by not being taught those things, you know, by being taught mm-hmm. the, the opposite, you know, just man mm-hmm. up, be quiet. We don't want to hear about mm-hmm. your emotions. We don't want to hear about these things. And uh, working in nonprofit, be, uh, uh, being able to speak to some of these young men and to see at, even at the age of, of 16 or 17, how much pent up aggression, rage, like mm. depression, emotions mm. that they've had for like 10 years. And they're only 16 or 17 years old. And they already got 10 years bound up in here with no, with no real way to release, you know? So I've always thought, man, like, like that, that, that's been such a real disservice to our community, especially, you know, there's stigmas on mental health, right? And therapists, right? It's like, oh, you shouldn't go to a therapist, keep everything in the house. What happens in the house stays in this house. And then when you go to church, the church, a lot of times church folks don't want you to go to therapy. You know what I'm saying? Because now there's a stigma on that. All they want you to do is just pray about it. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's like you're getting it from church, you're getting it from your parents, or you're getting it from society, you know, about therapy, you know. Um, and then it's like, you know, don't journal because that's feminine. Everything is feminine. Everything. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I feel like there's always been a societal pressure to for men to just stay away from um, ex- expression um, in some way, shape, or form. And I felt like it's done our generations of men um, a disservice, and we keep passing the same mentality down, man. So I just kind of want to hear y- your thoughts about this, you know, what we should do or what you think about that. Absolutely. And uh, first and foremost, I think everything you called out was definitely valid. It's super valid when you talk about the church. And I'm, I'm going to hit on all of those different things. Mm-hmm. One of the, the, the main things in, in, in life is that we have this one body. I can go on vacation. I'm still in this body. I can go talk to somebody halfway around the world. I'm still in this body. I go to sleep in this body. I wake up in this body. Until the day I'm six feet under, I'm in this mm-hmm. body. And right. we have to become more aware as a society of not only our just aware of our bodies, but also, you know, how to tune in, how to really, really tune in and, and censor ourselves because we're emotional beings. And I want to give an example about uh, something that happened earlier. Um, the past three days I hit a, a wall, like everything was going amazing. And uh, I kind of mm-hmm. noticed about myself is that when I exert myself too much, I hit a mental wall and I literally, I can't do any, I can't do anything else. Like I can't mm-hmm. move pretty much. And it's been something that's been going on, but it's gotten better and better over time. And the reason I would say that it's gotten better and that there's been a catalyst into helping me to bounce back quicker is because of therapy itself. As a leader, as as leaders, we, we have to seek an outlet. Our friends are not licensed therapists. I don't go to mm-hmm. uh, I don't go to, to to the man at Dunkin' Donuts to change my oil. The same thing. I shouldn't go to a friend in order to to be my therapist because they might be going through the same things. Now I sat down with a friend earlier and I was able to talk with him and he was going through the same thing. And I said him because that's another black man that I was talking to. Now when we had this conversation, I said we can't rush this because far too many times in society we rush. You know how you how you feeling? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, or I had mm-hmm. a bad day and we move on. But it's like, nah, if we can really get to a point where we like, nah, brother, it's love when I when I actually ask you, how are you doing? And when we break down that stigma, it has to be done. 
when it comes, and then by the end of that conversation, we were able to come to um, different routes in order to, to that he can do what he does uh, and more efficiently and center himself in a way. And then the same thing for myself. And it came down to rest. And in this society, we, we don't rest enough and we don't use therapy as, as enough as much as we possibly should do. And mm-hmm. so uh, even when it comes to the church, you could pray on something a million times. Faith without works is dead. We already know that. You know, I could pray for a new car, but if I'm not actually out here working in order to get it, good luck with that car just showing up on my in my garage. And so mm-hmm. the same thing, you know, it, it, it's therapists out here for a reason. So you can pray on it in addition mm-hmm. to going to get therapy, you know, for that that situation. And so, um, yeah, man, I was saying society, we, we, we literally, we, we've gotten to a point where we're always in go mode and we forgot about the resources and the community that's around us. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's amazing that you said that it's because I felt like we grew up in a generation um, that was all about, you know, the can't stop, won't stop. I'm asleep, but I'm dead. Sleep, sleep, you know, sleep is the cousin of death, things like that. You know what I'm saying? And we grew up with that mentality. And you grew up in a big city. I grew up, you know, in New York. And mm-hmm. it's always the hustle. It's mm-hmm. always the grind, right? Until you run your body down physically, Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like we glorify the hustle. And it's nothing wrong with hustle. But it's like we just glorify this thing where it's just like we can't sleep. You know, there's somebody, oh, why are you sleeping? Somebody's working. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, but but I need to sleep, though. Yeah. Like, I, I need the rest. My body needs that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that, that you brought up that rest component, too, um, because it's really, really, really important. I tell you, you know, the number one way, the number one way to change your life uh, for the for the positive, and if we can get this into our heads, I guarantee you, we'll have more leaders who are thought provoking. Um, mm-hmm. Because when situations like injustice happen, you got a lot of people who think that they're leaders and they want to, you know, pop up and they think it's a sprint, mm-hmm. but it's a marathon. And I'm gonna tell you the one right. thing that that will help you and your community is if you stop putting yourself, not you, but anybody yeah. out there listening, mm-hmm. putting yourself yeah. on a back burner. If you swap mm-hmm. that around and move you forward and realize that my physical health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, you know, all of these different things are at the forefront of what what is going to literally help me to achieve for the marathon. I always look at what's sustainable. If you put yourself first, if you're on E, you can help nobody else out. And so you got to really switch that around and start really just being able to rest, relax, recoup, and then come mm-hmm. back out refocused. Super amazing. And sh- shout out to Courts Court in the building. Demetrius, this is the young lady I was telling you about that actually, um, you know, was telling me and, and the whole community, the herd, to get our small businesses, um, you know, into the um, uh, New York State and the Department of Education and things like that, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and to become a vendor. Um, so, I'm going to get that link, like I said, from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's amazing, too. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to send it to, to you. So so when it comes to, it's like you said, so, like, so when it comes to, like, this whole mental health thing, like, what are some of the tools that you've done um, aside from counseling, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. somebody might come to you and say, you know, nah, I, I'm not there yet, D. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to start, you know what I'm saying? But... Mm-hmm. How do I start? Like, what are the baby steps that maybe somebody can take to it? Because they, they, they may not want to jump two feet in yeah. to the counseling 
So what are some of the steps that maybe you have done that you might can just give them and say, hey, um, this is what I did? Absolutely. And, and I want to say that uh, any anytime you start something, don't ever jump right into it. Literally, like, <laughs> yeah. baby step your way into it. Because mm-hmm. we talked about a second ago, sustainability. Sustainability mm-hmm. is literally the key. It's the golden ticket to life. It, it literally will help you throughout that marathon. And so um, what what helped me get to that would help basically I would say what helped me get to that that plateau to where I needed to I needed a therapist at that point so it was that tipping point mm-hmm. so what got me there uh, I started off with um, meditating for one minute a day mm-hmm. every morning one minute mm-hmm. and then once I got that down it might have taken three months to <laughs> just meditate for one minute however mm-hmm. long it takes anybody you know uh, it might take five months for, for somebody just to get one minute down and that's mm-hmm. fine. Don't look around when you when you're talking about yourself. You're the only person with this th- that that thumbprint. So don't mm-hmm. look around and say it took this person five months. It took this person a day. Just start little. So I started off with meditation. I started off mm-hmm. uh, looking into a diet that worked for me mm-hmm. because a lot of times when they say eat every four hours, eat every two hours, eat every you know eat this this and that, none of it worked for me. So I had to figure out okay consistency. Uh, eating. Um, what am I going to put into my body? You know, if I don't put the right fuels into my body, my car isn't, and this body isn't going to operate at the most efficient level it can operate at. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that exercising, like I said, when it comes to exercising, I can't urge people enough, but to take it day by day, step by step. If you if you don't run, you don't walk, take two steps in the morning. <laughs> Sit back down. <laughs> yeah. The next day, take three. Just take yeah. it slow. Um, and then once I started implementing all these things, it probably was about a, oh, man, I want to say a, a year and a half period of little changes. And once I started getting to a point where I said, I can't take this any further on my own, just keep mm-hmm. on digging, digging down, that's when I got the therapist. And that therapist helped me to drill down even further into places that I had no clue about. Mm. That's, yeah, and that's, I want to I want to shout out I want to shout out to uh, she said something amazing Miss Mahogany Brown Mahogany Brown said, oh yeah oh, yeah man, it's she not said yet. healing is definitely a very individual path not a one size fits all mm-hmm. yeah um so oh so yeah shout out to Nadia she's also she's super amazing uh Courtney said as well um connect with her um and register for a free summit uh BU summit um, yo yo listen. Demetrius, she's 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 a person to know. She even said to get into the Chamber of Commerce, and she could pass yeah. you through to the president if needed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, I wanna, so I want to. I'm, I'm Court Courtney is her name. Courtney. Courts Court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm actually gonna follow you and actually uh, reach out as soon as we hop off of this. I like to get on the phone with people. You know, especially when you got that mentality. Yeah. See? We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> Absolutely. See. Oh. There we go. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, because I think that um, you know, I think I think she she missed the uh, the part of what like just what it is that you do as far mm-hmm. as at Sohas. Mm-hmm. So j- if you could just run it by her again, so she so she can know what you do at Sohas. All right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Well, yeah. Actually, you know what? No, let's hop on the phone. She can run the video back. But we'll hop on the phone so that right. anybody watching and getting uh, getting it twice. All right, cool. So philanthropy, bro. Um. You're big on philanthropy. So how has ph- philanthropy impacted your life? 
Man, um, you got to realize that we're we're all vessels. If I literally mm -hmm. hold wealth is nothing if I'm not able to share it. You know, I can have the biggest mm -hmm. house in the world. I can have the most mm -hmm. extravagant cars in the world and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not able to help somebody else achieve what I've achieved or help somebody mm -hmm. else grow in a way that mm -hmm. they may not have known before, it means nothing. Mm -hmm. It literally is the, it's the, it's going to be the emptiest feeling. Just as empty as your home is, it's going to be the emptiest feeling if you don't help somebody else. And so the way I see it is that on a daily basis, if I can, one, help myself uh, in order to achieve something throughout the day and do something that I like, something that I love, mm -hmm. but also on the flip side, on a daily basis, try and look at how can I help somebody else grow? Who else's platform can I, can I bring whatever I have and help mm -hmm. them to build whatever they have as well? Right. And right, so right. Uh, philanthropy doesn't always have to be equal money. I think that's one right. thing is that we, we get to a point where we think that, you know, oh, well, you know, I can't be a philanthropist. If you're giving back to your community, oh, man, you're a philanthropist. You're probably the best philanthropist because if you can teach somebody how to make a million dollars rather than give mm -hmm. them a million dollars, that can make all the difference. Powerful, man. Um, and now, you know, I, I've heard your story and things like that. So perseverance. Um, mm. A lot of people talk about it, you know, um, but perseverance, like what does that mean to you? Because I've heard your TED Talks, me and you have had personal conversations, you mm. know what I'm saying? And I know you are somebody that have come through and persevered through just many different uh, battles and things that, that goes on in your life. You know what I'm mm. saying? So, so what does perseverance mean to you? Yeah, man. Um, I want to say resilience is a mm -hmm. better defining word of, of how I will put that one. And sure. the reason I say that is because perseverance, I think, you know, will get you through, you know, a few different mechanisms but resilience is when you always bounce back so i think about a a, a palm tree uh when mm -hmm. the hurricanes hit those mm -hmm. palm trees will be bent over like bent this over. bent break. over bent mm -hmm. over bent over but then mm -hmm. the second that storm is over with two things occur the palm tree is stronger because of that storm but mm -hmm. not only that it goes right back up standing and so mm -hmm. the same thing you know life is going to bring storms man you know some unexpected some we might bring on ourselves but Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you it's all about that next step that changes the dynamic of everything. So when you see that picture of um, it's, it's a picture where it's two people digging for this and this gold at the end of this uh, um, cave. So they're digging feverishly. Mm -hmm. Both of them are digging. One of them is still digging and he's about to hit the gold. The other one stops just before yep. he gets to the, through mm -hmm. that wall and sees the goal, he stops and starts walking away. So resilience is when you can go through all of the BS that life gives you and still wake up and still stand up and keep moving forward. Mm. Powerful. Um, so when it comes to execution, because there are so many people that, that says, you know, you know what, D, listen, I want to do this. You know, I want to write this book or I want to open this business. I want to get this job degree, whatever it is in life. And, um, but it, a lot of people have a lot, a lot of wants, you know what I'm saying? And they want to do a lot of different things, but then a lot of people don't ex execute. So yeah. if, if I was a young kid, I was 18 or 21 coming out of college or, or high school, like with these lofty dreams. And, and I said, Hey D like, you know, I want to do this, you know, 
but I don't, ha I don't know how. Like, what would you tell me? Get around people who are going to challenge your thinking. Get around mentors. Get around people who have mm -hmm. done what you want to do beforehand. Because the mm -hmm. second you go tell your friend, especially at 18, you're a fragile individual. A lot of people, you know, are, 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 especially when it comes to, you know, us men, you know, until we hit, you know, a certain age, we're still fragile individuals. And so when it comes to what your friends tell you, a lot of these people will say, you know, oh, that's not possible just because they didn't do it. Just because they couldn't do it mm -hmm. on, on, on their, their own, they'll shoot your dream down. And then in your head, mm -hmm. you'll pass the token, you know, and pass the book on and say, okay, well, the next person that comes to you, you'll, and that cycle will continue and be a domino effect. But if mm -hmm. we look at it in a, a different approach, the second that you figure out, I want to do this, if you get around people who have done it before, they're going to influence you in a way that will cultivate your dream with you. And you'll start to pull tools and, and, and things like that. And they'll tell you that's possible. And you'll start to realize that it's mm -hmm. possible. And on, you got to keep those mm -hmm. individuals. And so every, every leader should have a mentor and should be a mentor at the same time because it's that flow of energy that will mm -hmm. keep you sustainable throughout the journey. And so especially at a young age, you got to have the right people around you. Mm. And that's so powerful. Like, it's such a simple concept, you know, that from back in the day that I, I do love. It says, yeah, you are the company that you keep. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like either on a good, either good or indifferent or bad. Like, like that, you are the company that you keep. So it's super important um, to have those mentors, too. And it's, it's like is. you said, and to be one. Courtney loves you, man. funny, absolutely. No, nah, we talking man. the same thing. I can tell from like the when she had group 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 economics. We talking mm -hmm. the same talk, so yeah, we'll definitely connect. Dope. Um, so, in your opinion, like when it comes to to men, you know, in mental health and and communication, um, what do you think is the reason why it's very hard for a lot of men to to communicate? Oh, man, it's just where we come from, you know, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it, it literally is, you know, I'm from the south side of Chicago. And so I've seen a, a father tell his son and punch him in his chest. I remember his son was crying over something that happened like he uh, he something happened to this child that literally you would care for a child normally if this happened to him. I can't remember the exact situation. Like he might have ran into, you know, something and hit his eye or something like that. Uh, you would normally care for this child. And I watched this this father punch his son and grab his son and literally just tell him, man, up and turn his back and kept walking. And so you got the kid sitting here crying, just following his father. Now I can guarantee you one thing is that that kid is going to do the same exact thing. And so when it comes to, to mental health, we really just got to break that stigma little by little and and, and start showing love for each other and open, you know, welcome that conversation because if we don't welcome that conversation now, man, our kids are doomed. You know, my, my mm -hmm. main thing is that I want my son to grow up and, and feel like he has to battle his own self, you know, uh, and have that war within when, when he really doesn't have to, you know, and it should be that community and that place of knowing I got my therapist, but I also got, you know, people around me who I can, I can rap with as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we come from like it happens so much, and I and you know I, I really get tired of hearing it, but not everything. Generational good. trauma. I mean, the trauma. Yeah, she said mm -hmm. generational trauma. Not yeah. good. Yep. Like 
it's like we always have this thing that everything from the old school is this immaculate, amazing thing. And there's so many things from the old school that's not right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not right, you know? And, of course, people can only teach you what they know. But there's got to become a, a point where it's like you said, when when we know better, we have to change the narrative and do better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just because it came from two generations ago, it doesn't mean it's the right thing. A lot of people didn't even know how to open businesses, you know, like like two generations ago or three generations ago, right? But we yeah. do. Like, we know what it takes. Like, when I was 10 years old, truthfully, I thought it took $100,000 or more to open a business. That's yeah. what I thought. I was like, there's no way I could ever own a business, I said, because, you know, because I didn't know any better. And because my parents didn't know any better. You know what I'm saying? For them, it was just go out and get a job and, and work and work and work and work and work and work. Right? You know, but it's just now knowledge that we have. It, it's our duty, you know what I'm saying, to really say, hey, listen, all that stuff that you guys were teaching, it's like we're living in a different generation. We are in an Amazon generation. We're not in a Toys R Us generation. Toys R Us is gone. It's finished. Like, we're now in an Amazon generation, and we can't keep teaching Toys R Us principles in an Amazon generation because it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've got to do so much better, especially with our boys and, of course, with our women, too. You know, but they've been ahead of the curve. There's so many people talking to women, first of all, so they've been ahead of the curve, and there's so many people that want to talk to women. Why? Because number one, it's profitable. They, uh, you know, they'll go to the conferences, they'll go, they'll, they'll buy the books and all those things, right? But for men, it's like there's no, there's nobody to talk to us. There's many sure. that will talk at us for sure, right? But there's not many that will actually talk to us. So mm-hmm. it's up to us to kind of change these, change the narratives to break some of these generational curses and trauma. Like, you know, like Nadia said, you know, like what do you think about that? Yeah, man, I would say that uh, change, man, you know, uh, it's it's this this huge fear of approaching something differently that mm-hmm. you may have never seen before. And I want to just let people know, especially when it comes to our community, black is bold. Black is royal. Mm. Don't mm. don't don't we ever forget that. Don't we ever look in the mirror and forget how bold and how royal our people are. And mm. beyond that change what we have to offer what we can really create what we can really get back to is that royalty but it starts with looking at it and saying i want to be i can be that you know and 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 knowing that we don't have to we got to break down a couple things within our own black community this is not a black versus white thing this is not a man versus female Mm -hmm. thing this is a mentality shift that needs to occur within our community Mm -hmm is that we got to get rid of the crabs in the barrel mentality. We got to get rid of the old mentality of looking at ways that, that, like you said, they don't work, plain and simple, that just don't work. And so now that we're, we're, we're here, we got to start realizing that somebody, we look at the street light. A black man created the street light, the traffic light. If that's mm-hmm. possible, from, and that's just one, that's one small, like, I mean, that's a huge thing, mm-hmm. but it's, that's one example of something that a black man created that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so we got to realize that somebody told him he couldn't over and over and over and over again. But when we talk about perseverance and resilience as as a culture, we must really push and redefine that. And now is the moment. I don't want anybody out there listening to this to ever pass the buck and say that this is somebody else's job. It is somebody else's work. No, if you're listening to this, this is your work. This is my work. This is your work. 
Mm. And and that's powerful um, in itself because it is up to us. It is our work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so many people just say, you know what? It's not for me. You know, I'm just going to just go out for, 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 for mine. And like how you always said about the, the crab in the barrel mentality, what I hate is when you have to get to a certain level in life to where you could pass down or you could um, grab a hand and, and teach mentor um, or just give somebody an, an, an opportunity. It's always met with, oh, no, this, this person has to go through what I went through. Like, I went through this, so they got to go through that too. And I'm like, oh, like, no. Nah. Like, that's not why we're here. Like, why do I want to make sure that you go through the same loops that I went through and make, and make you hit the, the same hurdles and, and things? If I could tell you, you know what I'm saying, things that could help your life to avoid those pitfalls, that's what I want to do. If I have an, an opportunity for you, you know what I'm saying, on a job or, or somewhere, I don't want to have to make you go through what I went through, like, like it's a hazing process. You know what I'm saying? No, like we have to work together. We've got to look back and, and, and give our hands to people and say, hey, listen, I see where you're at. I've been where you've been. Let me bring you up. Like, let me bring you up. You know what I'm saying? Somebody said, uh, that's that trauma tea. Tra trauma bonding is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and it's a, it's um mm -hmm. one one thing I wanted to want to to say on that too is that man I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> you right? I, it was something I was gonna tell it you. Happened, I was like, bro. Man, it happened, It was I completely lost my train of thought. What uh, was it about um helping people? You know the me oh, mentorship. Oh, I, want to, I want to yeah no I think uh the the second we become honest I think that's what it is mm -hmm. and so like. I want to be honest right now is that breaking that old mentality, especially coming from, uh, you know, Chicago and then going to, as soon as I got to New York, Harlem is one of those things where, you know, it's everybody's out self. You know, there is no, there is no community <laughs> unless you're from that community. The, the closest thing I, I found a community in Harlem was the barbershop. And so when it comes to, the 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 renovations i would say that right now i'm renovating my home mm -hmm. my home being my body mm -hmm. my mentality my mindset i'm renovating mm -hmm. that because i've gone through a number of times where i could not see outside and could not understand a reason to reach back and to give back mm -hmm. but when we start talking about mm -hmm. legacy and you know mat the maturation process now i'm doing that renovation work and so for anybody saying you know I, I, this this is so deeply ingrained in me. Nah, it's 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 never too late to renovate at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like you know, mm -hmm. now is the time, and we we can really change that. And and it's it's conversations like this, it's books out there. You know, the new Jim Crow is is different elements that mm -hmm. we can really infuse ourselves with something different to start pushing out the old and start making way for the new. Mm. Um, man. That was definitely powerful, bro. Um, so let's talk about so so what are some of the, the books that, that you've read that, that helps your renovation process? Like what are some of the tools that um that you might can give to somebody out there to say, hey, this is a tool, this is a book that I've I've read that that, that make it help them start on that process. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say uh the the first book I ever read uh in its entirety and I, I was going through a breakup. So uh myself and my my ex, we had just broken up and um, 
I was I was broken hearted, you know what I'm saying? She was gone, mm-hmm. I was broken hearted. And so I'm like, you know, how do I how do I give myself something that can uh fulfill and help start start that inner work, you know, in a different way? Mm-hmm. Uh The Alchemist. That was that that first book that I actually mm-hmm. read in its entirety that I wanted to read. And mm-hmm. throughout that process, it was like the it was probably the best starting point, I would say, for myself, because it it helped me look at a few different components. It helped me to look at this is a journey. This is, you know, and have you read The Alchemist before? Um, no. Not, okay. I'm not yet. It, you got to read it. But it talks about a journey, and it's um, a young man's journey, and he starts in this place where he's comfortable. And he, mm-hmm. he, he has this girl that he loves, and he has, you know, uh, he's tending to sheep. He has a job, you know, everything like that. And he literally picks up and says, there's more out there. I'm comfortable, but there's more out there. And Mm -hmm. from that point, he started going through these trials and tribulations, but he started seeing these early successes to let him know he was on the right path. And then he hit these trials and tribulations, but he had to push through all of that. He was, he was, he was searching for this gold and he went all around the world and had all these different things happen to him and good and bad. And then he mm. finally found what he was looking for. And so it's it's really looking at uh, perseverance, you know, a starting point and becoming uncomfortable, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Wow. That's super amazing, bro. Um, so some somebody might look at you and say, man, like like you've you've been resilient, like you've been through a lot. And look at all your accolades. I look at all of your titles and, and things like that. I want to be just like you, right? Well, and and what and what would be your response to that? Mentors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, but above all, man, I would say that you know uh, we each have a different path, you know. And I, I tell anybody mm-hmm. that don't be like your role model. Figure out what's mm-hmm. best for you and utilize your role model's tactics in order to help you get there. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times we try to be carbon copies of somebody else, and we'll never be the best version of them we can only be the best mm-hmm. version of ourselves and so keep people who challenge your thinking you know that's that's the main mm-hmm. thing is that i always position myself as a student above everything and it's like to the day i die i always want to think that i'm only i'm only halfway there you know and mm-hmm. and, and knowing that it's is brilliant minded people around me that can help me to grow in every facet you know what i'm saying there's no way that you know i i know two languages now you know how many other languages there are out there so as long as you can keep mm-hmm. a student mentality about you and you got the right people in your circle, somebody said it earlier, show me your friends, I'll show you who you'll be in five years. You know, the same mm-hmm. thing, you know, is that you got to look at your circle and start weeding people out. And uh, something I, I, I've looked at recently that will help people uh, out there listening right now is having, getting rid of the fear of letting go. You know, not everybody mm-hmm. is for you, <laughs> whether it be mm-hmm. friends, whether it be, you know, somebody you're talking to, whatever the case may be. The second you can start letting people and things go that don't belong to you, and nothing belongs to you, by the way, but the second you can let things mm-hmm. go, man, you'll start realizing the freedom within yourself that allows for new in order to come in. Yeah, I call that the gift of separation. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it is a gift um, for many for, for many reasons um, yeah. of why you should and why you need to let a lot of things go. You know what I'm saying? Because not everybody is, is here for the long haul. Not everybody yeah. needs to be attached to your destiny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just not the way it goes. Um, so 
I know that you've done the TEDx um, and you're a part of Toastmasters, mm-hmm. right? Um, so were you like a good speaker before Toastmasters or was that something that you developed just while you were in Toastmasters? Like how did Toastmasters kind of impact just your journey on being a speaker? Uh, man, oh man, whenever you join something, you train it with lions, they'll start showing you those things that, you know, if you thought you could roar before, you know, you can roar as loud as you want to, <laughs> you know, and then they'll tell you, you know, nah, you, you didn't even hit the mark at all. You know, and wow. so uh, when you're training with Lions, it, it was one of those things where um, I back in the day, I, I used to mumble. I used to, I didn't have the confidence within in order to to speak for myself or to stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe anybody may be born necessarily with the, the gift in order to just come out the gate and just say, okay, I'm a, a polished speaker, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but through Toastmasters. So, you know, I started gaining that confidence around the time when I joined Toastmasters and I, I wanted to get a lot of things off my heart. And so it became more of a, a therapeutic approach for me when it came to mm. the fine tuning of hand gestures and body language and keeping an open approach and pacing pauses. Those are the little mm-hmm. elements that you really can't see from the inside looking out. And so you really got to mm-hmm. have people around you in order to help cultivate and fine tune those little things. So that way from the outside mm-hmm. looking in, they'll be able to tell you, okay, you might want to change this. You might want to change that. And then you can start that mm-hmm. growth process. Wow. It's funny how um, you said that you kind of grew up with like a mumble. Um, I grew up with a really terrible stutter. Mm. Um, I mean, it was terrible. Um, growing up as a kid, um, you know, growing up in Queens, going to school with a terrible yeah. stutter um, was absolutely traumatizing just for just so many different reasons, bro. And I went to high school like that. I went to college like that. And probably until I was about 26, 27 years old, um, I really was just traumatized about speaking in front of people um, because for the fear of stuttering, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're in school, and you're reading this book and the teacher's going around and, and she's and she's going around and saying, okay, you read a paragraph, you read a paragraph. And the terror that struck my soul because mm-hmm. I, I got my head down and I'm like, yo, I know she's going to call me. So now I'm trying to actually catch the, the paragraph, which I know she's going to ask me to read. So now I'm counting the people and I'm count, yeah. counting how many paragraphs I got left because yeah. I know the anxiety, my heart starts to race. I start to oh, yeah. sweat internally. Oh, like, yeah. because I know that I got to read this out, yeah. out loud and I, I'm terrified. So, mm-hmm. cause I don't want to stutter. And then what I do, I try to speed through it and then it makes it 10 times worse and it yeah. never fails, but it always happens that way. So when I hit 27, I said, I've got to figure out a way to tackle this. I said, because there's just many things that I want to do in life. I said, and I don't know where this is going to take me. I said, so, but I do know that I do want to speak to, be able to speak to multiple people in public, you know, and not have this fear. I said, but I've got to figure out a, a way to kind of just get rid of this, or if not get rid of, but kind of be able to at least cut it down at least 75%, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I literally taught myself how to um, speak again, you know, just retrain my, my whole way of speaking. And it, it took a, it took a couple of years, like at least a couple of years to truly get it down. I, I changed how fast I, um, I talk and just the way I talk, 
mm-hmm. you know, how I just round out my words, sound out my words and things like that. I changed that completely. And it's not a hundred percent gone, but it's at least 75 to 80% gone to where I started speaking colleges and universities and schools and in front of nonprofits. Then I'm speaking in, 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 in different halfway homes. I'm talking, so I'm doing these things that I've never done before. Um, because I just made a choice and I said, yo, mm-hmm. I really want to conquer this thing. So many people told me that I was going to have it forever as bad as I had it for, forever, you know, and I, I just wouldn't accept that, bro. Um, I, I said, nah, man, like I got to try. Mm-hmm. I have to try, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, you know, h- you know, here I am, you know, and here you are, you know, um, doing both kind of the, not similar, but some of the things that we both wanted to do mm-hmm. um, in, in our lives that we're called to do. And it's because like we, we made a choice, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? To be different, to change our own circ- circumstances, you know what I'm saying? So I just thought that was, you know, pretty, pretty dope that you had, you know what I'm saying? A mumble and I had a stutter and I'm, and I'm like, yo man, that's real. You know, <laughs> nah, man, that's real because yeah. it meant, you know, because it, it meant a, a lot to me when, you know, the company that we used to work for, yeah. And I went to a training in um Jacksonville and we had to do all these different things, role plays and speaking, whatever the case yeah. is, right? And a trainer came up to me and she said, Yo, you speak so well. Mm. I I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> like I've never Yo, I said, I know you're not talking to me. I was like out of all the compliments I've gotten in my lifetime, that was not one of them, you know? Yeah. And so to hear that took me back to all the stuff like I've been through when it came to public speaking and speaking in public and having that anxiety, you know? And I'm like, man, like all that hard work, you know, you know, just paid off, you know, you know? And then after that, the more people start, then I start to hear it more. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can tell you right now, there would be no way that I can do this right now if if it wasn't for the things that I went through before and the mm-hmm. changes I had to go through. There would be no way that I would even think about doing this. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and it just, it's funny though. It's just because when I first did a video, when I first started to do this work uh, about four or five years ago, and mm-hmm. I started putting out videos and things like that. You know what I would do? I would try to hide myself. This is this is the craziest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I would shoot the video with shades on because I was ashamed mm-hmm. of what I thought I was going to sound like because mm-hmm. of my stutter. And even though it, it was better, I've never, I said, I'm not going to record myself and doing a video. I'm going to put it out. I was nervous as all heck. Mm-hmm. And then I remember doing a couple of videos with it on because I had stuff to say. And somebody was like, oh, look at him. He think he fly. You know what I mean? Like, he just trying to be out there preaching us and he thinking he fly with the shades on. Not, 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 not even knowing that had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. It was because I was trying to hide me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, because of the shame I felt of like, okay, well, if I stutter, I have my shades on, whatever the case is. Like, that's what I felt was protecting me from that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, you know, but we all have our things. You know what I'm saying? And that's what yeah, growth man. is about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
It's uh, it's interesting, man. As you said that you uh, you were able to stand on, you know, that that greatest weakness. A lot of times, um, I think that's that's pretty much kind of what life is. And, and I will say that mm-hmm. is that whatever you feel your greatest weakness is, the sooner you're able to stand on top of it, that's when uh-huh. you find purpose within yourself. And whatever whatever mm-hmm. that weakness, I kid you not, for most people, whatever they're greatest, whatever they feel their greatest fear or greatest weakness is. The sooner they tackle it, the sooner they tackle it, that's that moment that shifts to where they're able to go from, I'm able to not only influence myself and impact myself, to now I'm able to influence other people because I've now stood on my greatest fear and everything else falls secondary to it. And so uh, I wanted Mm. to commend you, man, because uh, even from the standpoint of of seeing you grow, um, we met about, what, three years back. And... Yeah, yeah. Seeing you grow, uh, even from I know you said you know uh, the the stutter and everything. Seeing you actually two things I, I got to speak on two things. Uh, so one, seeing you grow from the stutter uh, in the past three years, you've come a hundred percent just a, a long way. And so I commend you mm-hmm. for you know taking that time in order to work on yourself. Now uh, you also did something at that that organization that we were working at prior to. You mm-hmm. always put us on. You always made sure you made mm-hmm. sure that you put the black community and always educated the black community and always um, gave a re- were always a resource for the black community. And I can't say what that did enough, you know, for the way I, you know, a lot of times you could you could tell me a million things, but until I see it for myself, I can never mm-hmm. really uh, abide by it. And so once I saw what you were doing, it changed my mentality a lot. In order mm-hmm. to be able to, to okay, how's, how is he doing that? How can I do the same thing? And so, you know, that level of influence, people are always watching, man. You know, I don't care if you got, you know, uh, one view. It might be 100,000 people watching, you know, uh, from the outside looking mm-hmm. in. So, you know, I always want to say everybody out there, if you're going to do it, do it at your best ability because people are watching. But we got to start mm-hmm. standing on top of these stairs. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because I really didn't even think that people noticed that part of the work that I was doing, you know, as far as putting people on, like, and I really tried to put people on at that, at that point and, and educate, you know, even if it didn't work out with a particular opportunity for them, man, I would really sit there and educate them. And, and I got, you know, I got to talk to about that too, you know, between, you know, between us, you know, I got to talk to about that and say like, why are you taking so much time? Like we need to keep things moving. And I said, man, you know, I said, but at the end of the day, I said, there's no way that I can sit across from somebody, right, and know, see what their weaknesses are, and then just say, all right, just go mm-hmm. on about your way, and, mm-hmm. you know, God bless. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I taught job readiness training classes, so, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I knew, like, what their resume should look like. I knew mm-hmm. what, I knew structurally what they're looking for, and especially during the interview process and things like that. So I always wanted to educate them and say, hey, listen, so even for next time, so even if what if I don't have the opportunity, even for yourself, like, this is what you need to really do to fix. And I got talked to quite a few times for that. You, you know what I'm saying? But to me, it didn't even matter because yeah. I would want somebody to do it for, for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny that you said that because I didn't even think that even that people were really even noticing that as far as, like, my peers and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I was so damn. So I appreciate that one. Hey, That's and I crazy. saw it every single time, man. You put the community, you put us on. 
I can't tell you enough, man, what that meant to see it, what it meant to be able to be a part of it, man. That's one thing that I, I will continuously remember. You put us on in that at that company, man. That was that was amazing, remarkable. Appreciate that, bro. Listen, it's it's come up it's come up to time, man. It's almost an hour. Um yeah. so is there any is there anything that you want to say, any words of wisdom that you might want to tell the people, man? Um, again, just give them where they can find you. Any upcoming events, you'll yeah. let them know. Absolutely. So uh, first and foremost, I just want to thank you, you know, uh, Terrence, for just providing the platform, you know, in order for uh, people like myself in order to come on, you know, and uh, give the, the wisdom, you know, that we have, you know, and be able to share a community mm -hmm. right here, right now. Um, beyond that, uh, what, what's next? Uh, follow uh, the Soul House, uh, that's T-H-E-S-O-L-H-A-U-S. -E you can catch us on Instagram, Facebook as well. Uh, like I said, the goal is really to provide uh, mental wellness and mental health resources for as many young adults. And when I say young adults, that means all the way down to, uh, you know, elementary school, all the way going up, you know, uh, beyond that. But um, the, the main thing is we really got to have this community and we really have to have these conversations. So, uh, the soulhouse.com, T H E S O L H A U S.com. But above anything, follow me, uh, match, uh, Meach, match, <laughs> Meach the Six, uh, on, <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, but nah, man, like I said, I really, I'm really appreciative of this and I can, you know, uh, wish you continued success in everything you do, brother. Appreciate it, man. Listen, um, people just go check out this YouTube, man, that he did on TEDx. I tell you, um, it was, it's powerful. Um, uh, it'll definitely bless your life. I know when I watched it, it definitely blessed my life, and I learned a lot. Um, it's like I always told you from day one, like when we met, I said, man, you solid, bro. I, I said, you you a solid brother. Um, and then to see that when you shifted from that, and then when I saw you doing these things, I said, man, like, like it didn't surprise me. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. At that point, I didn't know that we'd be doing this. Um, yeah. But listen, I'm looking forward to even working with you at, at some point in the future, mm -hmm. any way that I can help you. You already know I'm a definitely down for the cause. I, I, I help you out. Any kind of resources that I can give you, I absolutely will, bro. And I really salute you, your growth, and, and everything that you're doing. Man, I, I definitely salute you, bro. You're king for real, yeah, bro. Man. Right on, brother. I appreciate that. And uh, one thing I do want to say before we hop off here for everybody out there, yeah, don't try to be perfect. Just try to be better. That's it. Plain and simple. Hey, listen, uh, uh, you heard the man. Um, you know, this is going to be up. After this, I'm going to put this on the page. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on Anchor. It's going to be on Facebook, Twitter. I'm putting it on everywhere for everybody to see, bro. Um, so, again, bro, thank you, bro. Hey, maybe we could do a part two at, at some point, man. All Let right? me know, brother. I'm here for it, man. <laughs> All right, man. You be easy out there. Stay healthy. Stay dangerous, my man. All right, bro. Peace. Peace.